Welcome to episode 27 of the Global Gamers Podcast. We're going to be reviewing uh, a really different game this week. Yeah, I'm excited about um, this one. Yeah, a genre that we really haven't touched on, which is um, auctioning. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, have we had anything of the of that kind? Well, I mean, so far, I mean, we we may have had a game or two that included elements of auctioning, but never where it was the main entree like it is in this game. Yeah, I guess the uh, the plague of locusts in uh, Gods of Egypt, right? Um. Yeah, it feels like maybe there's something else recently. But anyway, um, so the game we're talking about this week is Modern Art, designed by Reiner Canizio and published by Simon Games, um, which is interesting because there are no minis in this game. Very true. Being published by, uh, you know, publishing company with the titular cool mini or not in its name. Mm-hmm. And the other interesting thing in the credits that we usually talk about is uh, the artist credits. And that's exceptionally interesting in this game because not only is the artwork um, good or, you know, enhances the game theme in a way, but it's also integral to the game itself because this is a game about an art auction. And so the five main artists who contributed real works of art um, to this game are Manuel Carvalho, Ramon Martins, Daniel Malim, Rafael Silvera, and Sigrid Thaler. And yeah, I mean, before we get into the, the game rules, it's just big picture. This is an art auction game mm-hmm. where basically every round players are bidding money to try and win pieces of art in order to you know get a good return on their investment and come out on top and having the most valuable art collection Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, so if you ever fancied yourself as having a impeccable taste in art this is your chance to showcase it in this game yes although i mean sometimes um you have to go against what you would like on a taste level based (laughs) on what would actually score you the most points like I'm not gonna say which one. Um, well, you know what? I will because I want to give credit to the the one that I liked. But um, my favorite artist of the five was um Sigrid Thaler, yeah. <laughs> based on the artwork we saw last time, and like that was the one artist who none of us really um bid highly on at all, which was just a product of how that specific game played out in terms of how the value of specific artist works compounded. It's only gonna. It's um, only going to feed into her legend, though. She wasn't she wasn't recognized for her talents in her time, and then she's immortalized after the fact. Or you know what it is? It's that some works of art are just priceless. There you go. There you go. Boom. <laughs> um, Mic drop. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with these cringy jokes. But anyway, um, you want to give us a... Brief little rules rundown of what the uh, the auction looks like. I mean, yeah, sure. I think people should like you know probably have an idea of what an auction looks like, but just specifically how it plays out in this game. Yeah, definitely. Well, like Ed said, you are basically in this game functioning in the role of like a museum curator, so to speak, like bidding on art to add to your collection, but you're also sometimes wearing the auctioneer hat as well. 
And so you're going to be alternating between those two roles during the game. Although I'll caveat that by saying you are allowed to bid on the rounds where you're the auctioneer as well. And Mm -hmm. so the game is played over four rounds. At the beginning of each round, every player is given the same number of art cards. And then on each player's turn, you alternate turn order and each player decides a painting that will go up for auction and then plays the role of auctioneer for that round. And there are five different types of auctions that all have slightly different rules. I'll just give a quick rundown on some of those. Uh, There's open auction where everyone's just bidding a higher amount whenever they want to. Like if you've seen the movie, a mouse hunt where they're, or, you know, even the, the grand Budapest hotel, you know, this kind of auction is what we're talking about in this case. It's the one that you see on every movie or TV show. People are just yelling numbers in a crowd. And then the, um, the auctioneer is just kind of like yelling it back. 25, 25, 25, 25, 25, oh, 27, 27, 27, 29, 39. Okay, okay, going once. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, and as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I don't think it was an auction in the Wes Anderson movie. I'm pretty sure that was a bequeathed painting after someone died. But oh, well. <laughs> That's a different game. A different game, yeah. Um, <laughs> so open auction, one option. Another option is one offer auction. And in this one... You go around in a circle. Each player has one chance to make a bid. Rules are every bid must be higher than the previous person's bid. And then once you've gone around in a circle, ending with the auctioneer, um, the highest bid takes it. Finally, there is hidden auction. This is where everyone, kind of like Plague of Locusts and Ankh, secretly puts an amount of money in their hand that they're willing to bid on it. And then everyone reveals their amount at once and the highest number takes it. Then you have fixed price auctions. The price is set at the outset. And then you go around the circle and each person has a chance to say, yes, I'll pay that price or no, I won't. First come, first serve. Lastly, lastly, there's a double auction. And that one just works where you have two cards by the same artist that go up for auction simultaneously. And then it defaults to one of those four auction types I already went over. And the only difference is you're bidding on two paintings instead of one. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's, I mean, not to like get ahead, but like one of the things I think is really fun about this game is, um, just kind of like when you are in that auctioneer position, mm-hmm. the strategic thinking Definitely. around what, like what type of auction works best for you in that moment. What? And like yes. sometimes and it's because you I, want something and sometimes like I, you're thinking yes. to prevent someone. And I do want to get into that, but I think it will be easier for listeners to get a sense of what we mean by that. If we talk a little bit about how scoring works. Mm-hmm. So, Um, we went over how the auctions work. Uh, as I said, the game's played over four rounds and each round ends when a fifth painting by one of the artists is played. 
and then the round ends. And at the end of every round, you cash in the paintings that you've acquired and you earn money on them. And uh, I won't get into all the complexities of how that economy works, but suffice to say that you're looking at how many paintings from each artist was sold every round and whoever sold the most, their paintings are worth more. And those values over each round compound on each other. So paintings can get more and more valuable. And you might have some that you're even selling at a loss if they have not, you know, accumulated. Appreciated. Value. Value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of like going back to what I was referencing earlier with um, some of the artists kind of, you know, compound ahead in value while others just kind of get left behind. It, it becomes a little more selective yes. and curated as you go along, yes. which I guess is kind of thematic as well, which is cool. Yeah, definitely. But that's basically a rundown on the way the game plays and, um, you know, score tallying works. At the end of the fourth round, you just count up who has the most money and whoever has the most money wins. Yeah. Um, good job. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward game to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to play, which I, I really liked because I feel like I, you know how um, Dice Tower has their Dice Tower stamp of approval. Yes. I think my own little personal version of that is a little stamp for the games that fall in that simple, small box, but great strategy. Yeah category and this is the latest addition to that yeah no it definitely is adding it to the playlist absolutely yeah so the first discussion question that i think um would be interesting to get your thoughts on is um this is a game that's a little bit more like fluid and scenario dependent i think and a a little bit less rulesy than some of the games that we usually play and that there are less hard and fast things going on. It's a lot more um, reading the room, almost like a social deduction. There's some of that, yeah. But, yeah, but with that in mind, are there still any um, specific gameplay tips or strategies that you would recommend to first-time players or things you think could help someone get ahead? It's a good question. I one thing that comes to mind is I think it's it's good to remember that the game plays out over four rounds and you know every round is going to be several auctions long and so I got the sense from playing it that in a lot of cases you might have a slight advantage for having more money left later in the round. I think there's a fine balance there, but I think um, especially in the early rounds when it's not clear yet, which artists are going to be the most in demand, like it can pay off to be a little conservative on your bet on your auction auctioning the first round or two not the first round or two but the first auction or two the first auction right i guess um just offer a pushback on that is it on the flip side like couldn't you benefit from spending a little bit more earlier on because then you kind of get to set the terms of which artists 
are going to be the ones that are more valuable? I mean, potentially, but it it's dependent not just on what's in your hand, but what's in other people's hands too. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's some fluidity there and there's something to a first mover advantage, but it could just depend on the on the individual playthrough too. Maybe sometimes one strategy or the other pays off more. All right. Yeah, I think that's why I'm I'm having a hard time like answering or coming up with an answer for this question with this game, because I think the best advice I'd actually give is kind of meta in that it's be open to anything and be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that this is the kind of game where any one strategy is going to play out the same way twice because, you know, obviously a deck of cards, it's always randomized, but the people who are playing are going to have a big impact on this game. Yeah. Because again, when you throw in any amount of social deduction or like um, personality dependent outcomes into a game, it's going to have a much bigger impact than just following, you know, standard rules of combat or worker placement or deck building, things like that. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because the outcomes are shaped. Yeah. Even more because the, the format rules of the auction are so bare bones, like, you know, the individual micro decisions of players is having an outsized impact in a game like that. Yeah. So maybe the best advice is just know who you're playing with. Yeah. Know how know how they operate and how to like I don't know, force their hand or Yeah, a little bit of trick them theory. in a way that they would fall for. Yeah. Yeah. Um which is why I like this. Um and I think one thing that I I did think was cool with um it being somewhat social deduction is that sometimes social deduction can be a bit tricky to get to the table with certain groups of people because some people get offended or upset by feeling like you know they're being victimized or something mm. in this game even if like you're on the losing end it isn't it doesn't have that kind of it doesn't feel personal in that way or targeted in that it way it doesn't because it doesn't have a, you're not taking a sting like a game like secret hitler where you're feeling like your personal character is on the line because it's yeah. like one auction and there's going to be another one in a moment. Right. And like, you're not taking something from someone else. Like in some of those other games, you're taking it from the middle of the table. It doesn't really belong to anyone. Right. Well, and, and um, ultimately can art belong to anyone? That's a, that's a big philosophical question. It is. <laughs> um, you know, it's one other. So, you know, uh-huh. it's one other thing that comes to mind here, too, is one thing that shapes the strategic landscape of this game heavily, but takes some getting used to, is that the money that is paid for a painting does not go to the bank, usually. It usually goes to the auctioneer, the person who auctioned it off. The only exception being yeah. when the auctioneer buys the painting that they were auctioning off themselves. Then it does go to the bank, but yeah, the- which that is another, like that's a cool, like part of the social deduction. Yes. Leveling the play playing field. And it's kind of, that's part of the negotiation. It's not just what you're getting. It's also, okay. 
it's not just like how much am I willing to pay for this painting? It's how much am I willing at the same time to also give to a specific other person, Mm -hmm. which is a whole different level of calculation because then you're empowering that person by giving them money to then be more successful on the next auction. Yeah. 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 Especially if, uh, especially if you're bidding on something and your own turn as auctioneer is still a couple turns away and then you're a little tight on money yourself and you're like, Ooh, that's uh that's you feel really torn in situations like that. Yeah. Like it, it can be a little bit swingy in how the, like the wealth goes back and forth between players. Right. Um, and the timing of like, okay, is it okay to like spend a bunch right now and empower someone else because the round's about to end and I'm going to get paid out really well. So it's okay. Or is it not? Mm-hmm. It's all really interesting. Um, so this is kind of pivoting into the next question, yeah. which is what was your favorite thing about this game or multiple things? If there are a couple different standouts. Yeah. My, I'm not sure if it was my favorite thing about this game, but one thing I really, really liked about this game is the variety of auctions. Like, because because it's so heavy on the auctioning mechanic, more so than I think any other game I've ever played, it would get pretty stale if like all the auctions were the same format. So the create the creativity of coming up with different ways to auction things off and how it, even those subtle shifts in format alter how much you're willing to pay for something was something I thought was really, really intriguing. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite auction type? I think it really depends what stage of the game you're in. Mm -hmm. I have a preference for open auctions early in rounds, just because it gives you a little more information over the course of an auction, how much people are willing to pay. Whereas if it's one price or hidden, it's just a shot in the dark. You have no idea what... people are going to be willing to pay and like you're having to make a decision that is you can't easily hedge on or reverse course on yeah i think i i kind of dread the um the hidden auctions yeah because there's no worse i don't think it really happened to anyone when we played but i could see it happening it's like there's no worse feeling than you put down, I don't know, like forty like dollars on something, and then the second place was, you know, ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would just feel awful, and not having that information is just really stressful. The one that I think was my favorite was um, the one bid each auction, where you go around, everybody gets one chance to bid, and then that's it, highest wins. Right. Um, because it was it was you know almost as open as the open auction, but a little bit more tame in that, you know, especially if you felt strongly about that piece, you could be very direct um, and just 
not then feel like the subsequent pressure to like up your bid a little bit based on what someone else does right and have someone pressure you into maybe going above what you really had in mind for that piece yeah but by the same token like player order makes such a big difference on those ones it does um cool i mean my favorite thing about this game so as always i'm just gonna you know give credit to good artwork which is cool yeah um especially giving credit not that like you know all the other artists in other games are not quote-unquote real artists but like you know putting on display artworks by people who are traditional visual artists as a profession yeah you know people who have works of art in museums and things like that who aren't strictly game des- game designers and game illustrators yes was really cool um and fit, in terms and fit of gameplay with the theme yeah yeah um i would actually i wouldn't mind i know that we um had some finger wagging at everdell far shore last week for being <laughs> too similar to another, <laughs> to another game but i wouldn't mind um different like artistic themes on like iterations of this game yeah um even an expansion if, i mean if a it's, couple artists or something i don't know about an expansion because that might affect the balance uh-huh. of how much value any one artist has but just like if you don't modern art you could have i don't know traditional art or sculptures mm-hmm. or like Mm-hmm. I don't know, art from different parts of the world or sci-fi fantasy art, you know, whatever. Book covers, things like that. I don't know. Um, well, I think you could do like... A... As, as long as they were up front that it was, you know, just a reskinning of the same game, then that's yeah. fine. And you choose one over the other. You don't buy both. That's just to, you know, follow up on the far short discussion. <laughs> right. I mean, by the same yeah. token, I think you could do like a promo pack that introduces like one or two more artists and it's just... You just pick five you that you're going to play with. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, and then, so in actual gameplay terms, the thing that I really liked um, was the way that the rounds stack and the artists who were most mm-hmm. desired early on kind of continue to be because... It works really thematically, but also works really well into the gameplay. So from a thematic point of view, more of those cards from that one artist are going to have been played already. So there's now scarcity in the deck. So when there's scarcity of something, it goes up in value. And at this, and also thematically, it's the thing that people are most interested in, has the most buzz around it. It's the most trendy. People are going to be interested. It goes up in value. And then from a gameplay Um, point of view it kind of leads to in the same way that having the different auction types that you were talking about um switches things up and keeps it fresh Mm -hmm. making things kind of like tunnel in different directions based on which of the top two or three artists is really gaining traction means that no two games are going to play out the same way yeah which is cool yeah yeah and just a head nod I want to add to that is the uh um so Reiner Knizia, the designer here, uh was a mathematician, I believe, in a prior life. I and you kind of see that a little bit in the like elegance of the game design here, where 
um, the tiebreaker mechanism, if you have the same number of paintings by two different artists in the same round, is determined by the order that the artist's names appear on the player mat. But to counteract that effect, there are uneven numbers of each of those artists' paintings in the deck to even that out. Yeah, that's a very impressive um, implementation of just yeah. balance oh, of a well-balanced yeah. game that's so detailed that, like, I've, I don't know if that's a product of playtesting or if he figured that out on his own preemptively, but I could just imagine, and I wouldn't fault them for it, many other designers even really good ones completely overseeing that yeah because it's not something you'd think of immediately but it makes so much sense mm -hmm. um and it might be one of those things that's hard to describe properly in audio but when you play it and you see how that works yeah it'll click and it it's deserves a little a little clap you know definitely does <laughs> one yeah. one last thing i want to say that i really loved in this game a small mm -hmm. detail is you don't so for the first three rounds, you get fre additional fresh painting cards that are added to your hand, but you don't get any new ones at the beginning of the final round. And that tension of not getting any more and having to like, like ration out what ones you're going to play over the last two rounds is really, it's such a small detail, yeah. but it plays out so brilliantly. I really, really wanted to, give a shout out to that yes i'm trying to think um there's some other game i can't remember but some other game that has something similar to that and i always really appreciate that or you know what i, I might be thinking of um even just like cascadia hmm. when the bag is empty mm -hmm. um and you just kind of play out what's left of the available land and animals yeah um yeah it's not exactly a one for one but i do like that kind of scarcity that comes in at the end of a game just to kind of switch things up in the final round or so. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you have anything um, that you didn't like about this game? One small thing. Okay. This was added in for variety. I think variety at different player count levels. And that is an optional add-on for three-player games because this game can be can be played between three and five players. Um, mm -hmm. And what this does is it adds like a like a fourth, not even really AI player to the game. You basically just have a mystery player who has a stack of artist cards. They don't do any bidding, but when their turn comes around, one of their cards off the top of their pile is dealt out. And it's not bid on. You don't have it as an auction option, but it does contribute to the tally for determining which artist's art for that round is most valuable. And so right. I... I wasn't a huge fan of that just because I think one of the really fun decision spaces in this game is like 
gaming out when you want the round to end and like which like playing what you're going to play based on what calculations other players have made about which artists to feature. And I felt like the injection of randomness diluted that a little bit. Yeah, it. I don't know that I would want to play it that way. It feels a little bit like a tacked on alternate mode that doesn't yeah. need to exist. I mean, mm-hmm. so you mentioned this is a game that can only be played um, with a minimum of three people, right? Yeah, because just because of the way the auctioning works, it's I was so this kind of feeds into one of my things that I can't really say I don't like it because it's necessary for the game. There's no real way around it because it wouldn't work at two players, but it is kind of a shame that there isn't some kind of way um, to play with two that, I don't know, with, I don't know if maybe like some kind of AI model would have worked a little bit, even if it's not like as fun as playing with three, if they could have come up with some way to make it possible for two players to get a functional game out of this. Um, just because I feel like I would be way more inclined to own this game if I knew that two people could play it because it would feel like then it would get played more often. But yeah. again, like it is it is what it is. Like a game like this, there are many social deduction games you cannot play with two people. Um can't really fault it for that. So it's not really a negative of this game. It's just uh you know a little wish that I had. Um mm-hmm. in terms of an actual thing that I'm not so sure about. Um, Again, I don't know if this is like an outright negative. Um, I'd have to maybe play some more to develop this feeling more. But the way that a round ends, as soon as someone just like plays the fifth card by a certain artist, um, I don't know if I love that. I wish that Basically, what I mean by that is like no one gets to like bid on that card that was just played. The round just immediately ends, and I think mm-hmm. I would have preferred it if um, you got to play that last auction out. Yeah. Like that card that was just played, if you got to bid on it um, instead of just you know throwing it out. Um, yeah, or kind of like, uh huh. Or what would be really fun is if whoever played that card got to decide whether you play it out or not. Well, that seems a little bit that would, that would seem like it gives that person a lot of power. That's true. Maybe it's too much. You just, yeah, maybe then you just, you might think differently about if you really want to end the round mm-hmm. right now or not. Yeah. And then maybe has sit on playing it. Um, Yeah. I think it would just, it would fit more comfortably with like, you know, a lot of the games that we play, um, they kind of that have indefinite rounds in the way that this one has like indefinite auctions per round. Um, everybody kind of gets one last turn at the end, mm-hmm. just to kind of make things feel more even and that things don't just shut down immediately. Um, I think I would have preferred that, but again, I, I'm I'm open to having my mind changed on it, and it's not a hard negative it's just kind of so unsure how yeah one counterpoint to that i wonder if it could be a balance issue thing because just the sense just the sense that on that last round there would be a lot a lot of pressure maybe potentially to 
get one last painting in and it would give that last player an additional turn, so to speak, because they would be getting money at the auctioneer. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know that it would definitely change um, the balance of the game. So, but I, I don't know. I just, it wasn't the part of the game that I love the most. I'll just put it that way. It can lead to anticlimactic ends. Yeah. It just, I remember like, especially at the very end of our last round, the the whole game just kind of ended. Yeah. And it just kind of felt, oh, okay, cool. I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cool. So, I mean, we kind of touched on the expansion question already. Um, I think I really like that suggestion of um, swapping out kind of like the decks with alternate artists, but keeping it at five. That I think might be the best way to go. It's also, um, it's also been implemented as a card game, I believe. Oh, but is that like a different game, though? I am honestly not sure. Um, I mean, that's usually how these things go. Um, yeah. I, yeah, this is a guess. whole different game. It's just yeah. Modern Art, the card game. Doesn't seem like it's nearly as beloved. It has a 6.6 on BGG. Oh, uh, Yeah, it's a it's a much lighter game. Yeah, I mean, lots of games do this where they just have like a, um, you know, a real like there's that, um, terraforming Mars card game and things like that. Lots of games do that these days. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um, I don't know if there's anything else to say about expansion content, but we can get into, um, who do you think this would be a good game for? I think it's a, you've already mentioned the social deduction angle, um, but Mm -hmm. maybe you have more to say on that. So I'll leave that for you. So I would say it's a great game for folks that are fans of the the auction game mechanic. And that sounds like a very obvious thing to say because we've said that that's the main entree in this game. The re- yeah. The reason I mention it though is because there are plenty of p- people that like board games and, you know, think of a game that you're like bidding on like maybe cards that you're adding to your hand or like it's one small piece of a larger game. Whereas here it's really the entire thing. And so I would say if you go in knowing that, and that sounds like something that excites you, then I would be all for it. But if you're, if like the auction theme is something that you could take or leave, maybe it's not for you. But yeah, that's my initial instinct anyway. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I was going to say this would be a great gift to give to someone who loves poker. Mm, Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a cool, it'd be a cool alternative. And I feel, at least in my experience, people I know who like poker, they like doing um, nice 
poker nights where it's kind of a little bit more elevated and sophisticated and people put in, you know, a little $10 each of real money just to have a little stakes, mm-hmm. um, maybe dress up a little bit, um, have some slightly more fancy snacks and drinks. Um, and I feel like the art theme of this would fit really well into that. Cause like the people who go to an auction, um, or who may want to like simulate that feeling or are super into the art world, mm-hmm. um, especially like trendy modern art, maybe into that kind of theme night. So you could turn like for gameplay and theme wise, you could turn it into a really fun experience. You certainly could. Th- yeah. That said, I would say if you're not an art buff, don't let that dissuade you from trying this game because you don't, I, I kind of put off trying this game because I I enjoy art, but I don't know a ton about it, like interpretation right. and art history and any of these things. Especially modern art for me. Like, yeah. That's even less accessible. But, I mean, you might get added enjoyment out of having that kind of background with a game like this because you can engage with the, the artwork in the game on a different level, but... In terms of the mechanics of this game, it doesn't factor in at all. No, because, I mean, not to make it seem... Not to, like, take all the flavor out of it, but the five artists ultimately are red, orange, yellow, green, and blue. (laughs) That's ultimately what it comes down to for actual gameplay purposes. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy the actual art on the card work and what it's called and who did it... um then that's just an added bonus. But yeah, I agree with you on that. Like, I think when we were playing it, I said I kind of wished that there was, I don't know, like traditional art. Like, I would love to see a version of this. Maybe it's a little bit like, you know, trite, but I want to see like, give me some Da Vinci and those types of um, Mm -hmm. artists and works. Just because that's a little bit more up my alley. But yeah, I mean, even though like modern art, yeah, modern art's not like something that I know a ton about. Um, but it was nice. Like it was, it was really fun just revealing a card from the deck or from your hand and showing it to people and actually thinking, Oh, that one, that one's really cool. We had a few of those. Yeah. And we kind of like, we had a couple of jokes about them too. Like we had a whole bunch that in a row that just happened to be twins. Oh, right. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. So you can have, you can have fun with the artwork. Yeah. Do you, Oh, I, um, speaking of artwork, do you think uh, Raphael, Silviera got any additional bragging rights for having one of his pictures end up on the cover of the game? I don't, well, I don't know because aren't the sides of, don't the side, all the sides of the box have different works of art on them. So maybe, I don't know if everybody got one. I, it looks as though they did, but that would be nice. Cover real estate versus side of the box real estate. That's true. That's true. I would hope he got a little bit extra for it. Um, I will say, though, the one that's on the cover is not my favorite. And I don't think it <laughs> rep- I don't think it represents the game very well. Yeah, most of the like, most of them are more things you could actually plausibly see yourself seeing in a museum, whereas that one's a little bit more cartoony and kind of weird. Yeah. So just just for reference, the one on the cover image, it's like an exploding head with a top hat like wearing a suit with big googly eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of looks like like any other board game box. It looks like you could see a game that's like 
trivia explosion and it would have that image on it yeah you know um which i think is a little bit of a missed opportunity given some of the artwork is really interesting yeah definitely is hey it's a it's a popular game i mean um didn't list this at the top but it's ranked number 210 overall and number 166 in strategy so no harm in that yeah oh speaking of reminds me of one last thing to say on who to recommend this game for and that is Mm -hmm. people that don't have patience people that want a short game will like this game oh yeah short game short turns Mm -hmm. yeah um so since i just mentioned it's ranking on board game geek what about the uh global gamers ranking (laughs) what do we give it it's an excellent question i am gonna come in and give this game an 8.5 i had a blast playing this i think the combination of different auction mechanics and how those play out over the various rounds coupled with as i mentioned before the fact that you're playing with that scarcity mindset the last two rounds because you don't have added cards for the last go round. Um, I thought all of that added up to just a really fun experience that you can polish off in an hour, but isn't lacking in strategic depth at that lighter time commitment either. Agreed. Um, I'm also going to, go with an 8.5 um it was kind of difficult to come up with something negative to say and even then like the things that i brought up are not as as i said like they're not hard negatives they're just things that i kind of i'm not so sure about and want to keep an eye on but overall um this is just such a different game experience in every way i mean the theme the auction mechanic the interaction level of it, um, the like less aggressive take on social deduction that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I had a I had a really fun fun time, and yeah, I would I would recommend this, and I would definitely be open to playing it again. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun one, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. Um, any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? You know, one thing I was going to say here at the end, and I don't know where this fits in with the overall discussion, but um, this game wasn't quite what I expected. Like, I really, really dug the uh, the auction mechanic. But for some reason, when I pictured it in my head, I was thinking there was going to be something about, like, where you're positioning the art in the museum and how many people are seeing it or something. And you don't really get that in this game. Um, I really, really enjoy it for what it is, but it does make me wonder too, like just if there's additional like creative space in this genre for a game that has a slightly different take on it that, incorporates like other Mm -hmm. facets of what the art world is entails yeah i can't i can't really think off the top of my head about if there are any more um 
like intense museum games out there, but definitely something to look out for. There, um, there, there is one that um, someone mentioned to me, and that mm-hmm. is, um, I think, an older art auction game called Masterpiece. And I don't, it's not as highly regarded and highly rated as this game. But one thing that it did add in that I thought sounded really fun is you could have some paintings that are forgeries, which sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, The other thing, just last thing I'll mention quickly is in addition to the artwork being really nice, um, I love that they did like big cards so you could see it really well mm-hmm. and the quality of the the money and the gavel also really nice so i guess maybe the gavel is the mini um to justify the simon publication of this game maybe <laughs> yeah, they the added the gavel because this they weren't the first publisher of this game maybe they insisted there be uh, a gavel i mean I, I like the gavel a lot it's fun um the money is just like actual cardboard dollar bills that are small and really nice kind of like little chits and i was like this this makes so much more sense than traditional monopoly money or something that is so flimsy and takes up so much space in a box and is just kind of messy mm-hmm. so absolutely thumbs up on all of that and the gavel i just noticed this as i was holding it the name modern art is not just like painted on there it's etched into the wood of the of the gavel oh wow i didn't notice that very nice very nice very nice very nice cool well this was a fun episode um yeah makes me want to go over to the national gallery and just peruse for a bit hey why not Mm -hmm. um you could specifically go to um the the modern art wing the new wing that's yeah, it's the East Wing. That's all like modern and contemporary stuff. It could be. I'm not um, sure which one, but have to look into it. Yeah, cool. So, look forward to playing this game again. And it was fun playing something that's like very different than a lot of the games that we normally play. So, yeah. with that in mind, you know, we'll we'll probably come back with something that's you know back to the norm pretty <laughs> soon. Yeah, we probably will. <laughs> but in the meantime, if uh, any of those gamers out there are feeling like they want to switch things up a little bit, try something new. Uh, couldn't recommend modern art more highly. 